Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to another episode of Mostly Lit. I'm really excited about this one. Um, oh yeah, shit, I have to introduce other people. Yes, there's, there's other people here too. <laughs> there's other people here, you know, um, apparently. <laughs> so obviously it's your girl Ray um, and I'm joined by my amazing co-host. Derek Owusu. And our third limb is unfortunately not here today. Um, that's his loss because he's missing a really great guest. <laughs> so I hope you're having fun wherever you are, Alex, and we hope to have you back soon. Before we get started, can the guest introduce herself, please? Okay, hi. I'm Hayo Bami Hadibayo. Hello, and who are you? What do you do? Um, I'm a writer, apparently. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been brought to my attention that yeah. I am. Um, so I'm the author of Stay With Me, and um, yeah, that's about it. Oh man, she's really not done herself justice. <laughs> mm, thank you for joining us. <laughs> Honestly, you know, it's a great pleasure. We've wanted you on the show for a very long time. A very long yeah. time. Yeah. I think the first time I like read the book, I was like, okay, well, yeah. we need to slide in her DMs yeah. mm. on Twitter and be like... Didn't I give you a signed copy of the book? Because I, I went it? to watch you talk. Mm. I went to one of your talks at Waterstone in Gower Street. Oh, you were there? Yeah, I was there, yeah. That was the very did. first event I did. Yeah. Oh, really? Book, yeah. Oh, I wow. the book came out maybe like three days before that event. Yeah. Ah, okay. So, How was, was it like really doing? Ready. How did I do? <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It was great. The readings yeah. were great. Um, the conversation was good, hmm. you know. Okay. <laughs> so, see, I couldn't tell that that was the first event ah, you've done for the so book. So, you're like a pro. Oh, it was yeah. the first one for the book. And before then, I I think I'd done just one event mm-hmm. where I was sort of reading or speaking about um, my writing in front of more than three people. Mm. So, it was, it was, I was sweating. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm glad it seemed to have gone over well. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. Seemed like a pro. Mm. Didn't even mention it, but yeah. So yeah. how's everyone? How's your week been, Ray? Um, my week's been great. Um, mm. I had the pleasure of uh, hosting a panel mm. uh, for Penguin um, with the amazing uh, Chidera, aka the Slumflower, who mm. has two amazing books coming out this year mm. um one in later on in the summer called what a time to be alone i'm really excited about that um yeah me too i want to read it like mm. i'm the cover is amazing. i love the cover mm. the cover is great exceptional the cover is slum flower literally like, it's yeah, like this is it. it's, it's just powerful it's colorful it's like yeah everything. I, lo- I love the cover um so her and the author of plus a sort of body posy blogger um plus size model uh her mm. name is bethany rutter and two very incredible women and i had the pleasure of like hosting a panel on what it means to look good um as a woman in the current world that we live in mm. and the turnout was brilliant like sold out mm. event mm. just it was it was just a really great intellectual place to be in so i really enjoyed that and yeah. and yeah like it's obviously international women's week so there's loads of like things been happening of surrounding women and mm. just so a celebration of women. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. How's your week been, Derek? Uh, it's been all right actually. Yeah. I saw my little brother. He came down from Coventry. Yeah. Um, from uni. Did he talk to you this time? Yeah, he's talking to me now. Actually, it's strange because he he will go away and 
I won't hear from him for six months. <laughs> I'll message him. I'll be like, oh, I miss you. And he just ignores me. Oh, and- bad. <laughs> it's Young horrible. adult. <laughs> I, in my head, I'm thinking, you don't know how much you burnt me even to write, I miss you. And for you to ignore me now. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, he's, he's come down. And yeah. I saw him, which was good. He's, he's sorting himself out, which yeah. is fantastic. You know, I'm glad he's gone to uni. Um, yeah. And Coventry is, you know, it's a decent uni right yeah. now. It's not, it's not like it was before. Yeah. It's really climbing up the league tables as well. Um, so that, that was good oh, and then yeah other than that just been chilling chilling writing reading and I haven't read a few of your like writings in a while you've been you've been silently writing before mm. you'd be sending me your stuff but now yeah. what you've got the confidence now you can't be like oh Ray like can you look over my stuff <laughs> now it's like okay I'll just you know send this out and then I'm like see a link oh Derek Arusu has written I'm like rah like yeah. I didn't even get to read this one no but I usually send you my fiction if I'm writing something that's like an opinion piece, mm. I don't tend to give it to people because I, I don't care that much about the writing. Okay. It's when I'm writing about people and descriptions and things like that. Like, I heard this amazing quote from Californication where he's like, mm. I can't tell the ridiculous from the sublime. Mm. I can't either when I'm writing. Mm. I might write something and think, this sounds amazing. Yeah. Someone else read and say, this is corny. You need to change it. I get it. that. Mm. I get that, honestly. Like, so yeah. I'm writing a piece, like a, a black Muslim woman piece on like identity and stuff. And... The first time I wrote it, the first like part, I was like, I'm amazing. <laughs> I'm an amazing writer. Oh, God. Nobody can come to my level. If we all had this I confidence. Know this right? Really, I was like, I'm great, right? Oh, you've three, had this feeling like, as well? Three weeks later. Oh, it's, it's usually a lie. Right? Three weeks later, I'm emailing Clarissa, like, Clarissa, this work is shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. I don't like it. Um, she's like, no, no, it has. To. I'm like, no, it lacks direction. This was the same thing that I wrote in the beginning that I was like, this is incredible. I am a genius. Which is why I think um, you should never. I don't know. I just feel like I don't want to send anything out too early mm. because I feel mm. like I said, I mean, everything thinks where I thought, Oh my God, this is brilliant. <laughs> and it doesn't take three weeks. I just go to bed and I wake up and I'm like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, like God. really the next morning, I'm like, what is this nonsense? Mm. Uh, <laughs> Who wrote this? <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> yeah. So, Okay. That's what you're doing. How you're about you? How's your week How's been? How's your week been? Um, How's London? Busy. Oh yeah. When did you like land? Um. So I got here on Wednesday, mm. Wednesday evening, and um, I mean I thought I was going to miss my flight, but that didn't happen. So mm. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a good thing. Yeah. Um. But I got here on Wednesday evening. I had a bit of time to myself. Yeah. And was just um doing press the next day. Mm. BBC, The Guardian, and um. Then I did uh, Letters Live. Okay. I read a letter there and uh, met some really cool people. And I'm grateful I didn't disgrace my ancestors. <laughs> <laughs> Collapsing. Or, uh, you, oh. you, you, were, you were on job, you were good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, I did lose, I did fangirl a bit. But yes. Yeah. I, I don't think it was too disgraceful. I think the ancestors <laughs> are fine um, with me right now. So yeah, it's been a pretty busy week. Yeah. Um, talking about the paperback and all of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got like the paperback at work, and I was like, <laughs> now I lost it. So it's I, yeah, mm-hmm. it's that cafe Nero. Just you lost it. Oh yeah, you just said yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was just like planning for the episode, and I was just at, like cafe Nero, and I got. Mm-hmm. Well, somebody has it now. Yeah, uh, maybe I can go back and get it. Maybe yeah. yeah so but, what are you reading at the moment? Yeah. Um. So. I usually read short stories when I'm traveling. So right now I'm reading um, A Body and Many Parts mm-hmm. uh, by Carmen Machado. Um, so I think I'm two stories in mm. and it's, I think it's really good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How's that dynamic between become, being a writer and knowing what it takes to write mm. and then reading? I feel like reading once you are like maybe a solidified writer is very <laughs> different to when you just read. How is that? Um, how is that like? How do you receive books now? Mm, I mean, I feel like one of the things that's happened recently is that every single book I read, I'm rooting for that book. Mm. Like I want it to be good mm. because I just know that this is a lot of hard work. And if somebody, uh, I hope they've done their work. It, it makes me really sad when I read a terrible book, oh, mm. which I didn't used to feel before. Yeah. So now I'm like, oh my god, this is so sad. <laughs> <laughs> so every step of the way, I'm like, yes. Oh, this is chapter five and it's still terrible. But, you know, I could turn the page and everything could yeah, get better. And I think the other thing is that when I read something that's really good, mm. I think I've developed another level of appreciation for it because I realize that it's not easy. And mm. um, particularly when it seems like 
it just flows off the page and yeah. it's just so easy. I know that, mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't easy to write. <laughs> you know, like the fact that it's so, I, I can sink into it. Yeah. Somebody did the work for that to happen for mm. me, you know. And um, yeah, I tend to just slide into people's DMs and say, I don't want to stalk you, but this is so amazing. I think I do that more. <laughs> I think I did that just two days ago to someone. Yeah. I'm like, this is, your book is really, really amazing. <laughs> I feel like now I have the confidence to sort of do that. Yeah, um, yeah. Because like you where know. before I feel like I may just be like a stalker. <laughs> but now it's fine. Now it's fine. Now it's like am I your bummy? Like, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Exactly. Me giving you a compliment is you know, hey, <laughs> I'm just giving you your next book yeah. deal here. <laughs> what about you, Ray? What are you um, reading? So I'm not reading much except mm. for like obviously Penguin has like a new series of like mini little books um, out mm. and they're like light blue. Um, I forgot the campaign name for it actually. I'm reading the um, essay on dismantling the master's house uh, using the master's tools by Audrey Lord. And I'm rereading it actually because I read it a few years back and I was reading it to sort of support or not support or argue my case of pornography mm-hmm. and capitalism in how to tackle or help move forward feminism. Hmm. So that is what I was using that little, little essay hmm. to, uh, to talk about, essentially, hmm. to, to sort of be like, oh, you know, is pornography something that is actually that feminism can defend hmm. or is it something that goes against it hmm. so that, it's a very, very polarizing argument that one yeah, it, it is, is. Mm. and so i really like that uh text by lord mm. because it's, it's really interesting mm. and it's it's really looking at the social structures of society and how women use it to help their cause or how it, they use mm. it to sort of take back their cause and kind of remove the freedom that they the little freedoms that they have mm. So that's what I'm reading and I'm really enjoying it. It's really tiny as well. So I would definitely recommend you guys to go and read it. Okay. How about you? What you reading? Um, I, I'm trying again to read um, The Lovely Bones. The Lovely Bones? Yeah, I'm trying. I'm Wait, trying again. You, I heard you say you hated this book once. Yes, but I didn't. Did you say this one? Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I did. Oh, wow. You listened to the show. Oh, yeah. I didn't oh, read okay. it. I'm like, what? Because <laughs> I remember you said that a long time ago. Yeah. Um, I, I, I got halfway and then... I thought the writing was really repetitive. Okay. So I stopped. I've seen the movie, but I want to I finish. I haven't seen the movie. I want to finish the book. No, I think you do, like you should. It's mm. um, chilling. It's Oh, you've read the book? Yeah, yeah, I've read oh, it. Oh, okay. So I haven't seen the film, but I read the book. Mm. Yeah, it's, the book, the movie isn't that great. No? It's creepy, the, the movie. Yeah. But the book is creepy too, but... Yeah, the book is creepy. Um, it's one of the few books that I find very uncomfortable. Especially, is it is it YA? No, it's not YA. I'm not sure. Because it, it kind of read like YA, but a very depressing one. I, am, mm. I felt like because she died as a teenager. Exactly. Uh, that's why I'm thinking, is it Oh, no, maybe then, maybe. I mm. thought it was kind of like um, just commercial fiction. I don't know. Really? Yeah, that's how I, I, I took it. I read it, it as commercial. like YA, but just very... Yeah. They made me really, and few books make me uncomfortable. I think the other book that made me uncomfortable was uh, Sylvia Plath's. Um, oh, The Bell Jar. Yeah, The Bell Jar. Like, mm. But mm. I mean, I recognise how powerful her writing is. Mm. Yeah. I read it again and I was like, you're amazing. In the beginning, I didn't really have any sort of um, mental health issues. And mm. I read it after like I don't, a, a very hard time and I read it and I was like, wow. No, I like, get it. Yeah, I yeah. get it. And I feel like that book, you have to... You have to really get it. The first yeah. time you read it, you're just ignorant hmm. because you just don't know. Yeah, that, I mean, that's kind of what I was hoping for with The Lovely Bones because yeah. a lot of books that I read the first time, I'm like, wow, it's amazing. Like mm. I've said this, like with The Time Machine. Yeah. Read it first time, I'm like, amazing. Yeah. Read it again. I'm like, mm. wow, this is really, really bad. Yeah. And, which is, and even with Heart of Darkness, the first time I read it, it was painful to read. Yeah. The second time I read it, although I disagree with a lot in the book, mm. I was like, Wow, Joseph Conrad can write. Can write. This right. is this yeah, is yeah. good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm I'm hoping that's going to happen with the Lovely Bones. Like I'm I'm going through and it's fine so yeah. far. Um, so yeah, hopefully. I've I've asked for people on Twitter to like um, send me their theses mm. because I think I mentioned this a few episodes back. I don't really read nonfic, right? Mm-hmm. And I happen to read uh, Richard. I think Richard Templer's The Rule of Life. The Rules of Life. Mm. And I was like, this is going to be terrible, but I'm just going to just get into it. And there was a rule that he wrote with regards to um, always making sure that your mind is open to new knowledge. Mm. And I had a bit of a moment 
um, on Friday where I was like, I don't think that since like studying, I don't think my mind has been open to new knowledge because I'm like everything around me, it's very cyclical and just like, okay, like you're talking about the same thing. Like, yeah, well, that's just intellectual arrogance. Don't, I, I don't fall prey to that. I know, I know. And I feel like I had been for a very long time where I'm like, I don't really need to know anything because, you know. And so it dawned on me that I haven't, I've been very closed off with new stuff. Hmm. And I've been very much like in my safe zone, you know, like, okay, I'm very comfortable with this. And yeah, you're talking about this. I know the arguments. I know mm. exactly what you're going to say before you even say it. And, and it's, it, it just has made me really uncomfortable. So what I'm trying to do is really r- read maybe less fiction or just know more about yeah. the world. Yeah. And I had the opportunity to go back to my old university um, yesterday and I saw one of my tutors and I was like, I'm going to email you. Like, I really want a list of like re- new readings like, that are coming up. And she agreed to send that to me. And, like, people have actually been sending me their mm. theses yeah. that I've asked for. I've got, like, six, I think. Yeah. So that's going to be me. I mean, I don't know what that's got to do with the lovely bones, but... No, as in, as in, I just was like, oh, okay, like, what we're reading, that's going to be me. Oh, all right, okay, forward. okay. Like, I, was, I thought he's, no, go, no, I thought he's no, going no, somewhere. No, 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 oh, no, no, right, no. Okay. I just want to hijack your moment, you know? Right, okay. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. But, yeah, lovely bones. I mean, I started reading it just because we read um, Difficult Women by Roxane Gay. Oh, yeah. And a lot of the stories in there are really uncomfortable. Yeah, I'll give it to you. Okay, good. Um, and so I thought, let me go back to the lovely bones and and try and deal because I struggle to read difficult books. Like I really, yeah. what like I would say, I the color purple. I read the first page and I was like, really? absolutely no thought, way. So I would have thought nah. the bluest eye would have been something that it would be more uncomfortable because the color purple wasn't cu- uncomfortable for me. The, surprisingly, the, reason, the bluest eye. That the reason why the bluest eye, the first page, didn't make me uncomfortable because the book is so intellectualized that I feel like unless you you get really into it, you're detached from the emotional yeah. impact. Whereas The Color Purple, you're immediately thrown into it straight away. I think then, because when did you read The Color Purple? Oh, like a couple of years ago. See, I read it last year mm-hmm. mm. or like maybe the year before that. And I felt like it was intellectualized because everyone had been talking about it. Mm. And so I didn't really mm. read it. Have you, have you read those? No, I haven't. No, Color Purple? Mm-hmm. I've seen the movie. No. So what kind of books are you into? I haven't actually seen Really? No, no. Oh, you should. Oh. It's um, the movie. It's the, the one with Oprah in it, yeah. isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You forget. <laughs> oh, I really forgot Oprah and um, Whoopi Goldberg's in yeah. it. Yeah, amazing, amazing movie. Um, the part of my favourite part is Harpo. Mm. But Who yeah. Woman? Anyway, yeah. moving on. I mean, I feel like it's been on my TBR for years, actually. Yeah. Mm. And this this might be the year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just we've all got we've all got those. Mm. The year, the yeah. year that you read all the books. I'll read. I'll read it this year. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's go. Let's get into the main 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 subject. So today we're, we're going to be having a conversation with Albami, who we're going to be talking about. You know, her amazing novel, Stay with Me, African literature, and just West really, African lit and yeah, just really really yeah. get into it. I mean, it doesn't just have to be West African. We could talk about Ngugua Thiongo. I know you want to talk about him, so we can. <laughs> You do know how I mean. Thank you for giving me the permission to. It would be worth Yongo, sorry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what one thing I wanted to ask off the bat is, what was the inspiration? Like, what what point did you at what point did you say to yourself, "This is it, I'm gonna write." I can write a novel, and this is what I'm going to write. Hmm. I mean, I think so. This particular book, when I thought I was going to write a novel, I had another story, and it was a story that I, I think I had in my mind since I was maybe eighteen. But I knew I wasn't ready to write this book, that particular book yet. So I just kept it at the back of my mind and thought, when I do decide to write a novel, Mm. that's going to be what it is. And then when I was in my final year in university, I wrote a short story about this couple. And it was basically an argument they were having. And so, I mean, I wrote a short story, it was about 3,000 words, and I thought that was it. And for the next two years, it felt like they were stalking me, in a sense. And um, I would be somewhere and I'd see somebody and I'll just think about them again. Mm. So after a while, I thought to myself... Um, so then I started working in Lagos at a point. And it was my first time living in Lagos. I was born there, but my family moved away um, mm-hmm. pretty early. And um, it's, it's a very intense city. And I was just terrified because I realized that I wasn't writing as often as mm. I used to. And writing is something I've been doing since I was maybe nine. And all of a sudden this year, I, I go a whole week 
and maybe I haven't read any book. I haven't. So I was really terrified and I thought to myself, I'm going to look back in 20 years and I'm going to hate my life. Mm. So I said, I have to write a novel. Mm. This is how I will save myself <laughs> from this um, city. So I began to write and this was the story that was closest to my heart yes. uh, at that time because for some reason they just talked with me. I couldn't stop thinking about these two people and their marriage. So I sat down and said, you know what, I'm going to start this novel now. And I did. Were you quite disciplined in the way you went about writing? What, how did you sort of manage that schedule and, and manage to hold yourself accountable? Because I feel like I've started so many things that I just don't ever finish. I mean, I think one of the things that helped is that I usually, when I'm doing a first draft, mm. I have a certain word count. So in January, I have to have 20,000 words. Mm. Whatever happens, it might be rubbish. I, I don't care. Mm. I just need to look at that word document mm. and see 20,000 words <laughs> um, at the end of it. Yeah. So I, I think that I give myself a lot of freedom. Mm. Uh, and I think sometimes that's, can hold you back if you're trying to get it perfect the very first time. It can mm. be very difficult. So I gave myself a lot of freedom to write myself into all kinds of corners. It wasn't, I mean, it was unreadable mm -hmm. by the time I was done, but I had something. It existed in the world and I could then go back to it again and again. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So you like a, you, do you spend more time editing yeah. than oh, you do yes, actually writing? Actually. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. I feel like it's when I start to edit that I'm actually writing. Yeah. Oh. So I never feel like I've started writing anything until like I'm on the second draft. Mm. Even if it's a hundred thousand words. Yeah. If it's just the first draft, I feel like, mm. 90% of yeah. this is going in the bin anyway. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so it's when I start editing that I feel like, yes, now I'm actually working. Yeah. Mm. You have like a strategy, you know, where this mm -hmm. is going. No, I get that. I remember mm. when I used to write essays for uni, it mm. was literally like, the worst thing for me is seeing a blank page. Yes. If I see a blank page, I'm It's terrifying. Terrified. So I have to write gibberish. Sometimes I'm literally like, today I'm wearing... <laughs> just no, like I get in the flow. Sometimes I literally just... It's the keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> I just go. And then I start writing yeah. again. Yeah. Oh, man. Wait, how long did it take you to get it done? Well, the uh, first draft anyway. Um, the first draft was very quick. It took about six months. Um, mm. Oh, wow. I, I, write, I can write very quickly when it's the first draft. Mm -hmm. um, subsequent drafts, I have to, I go very slowly at it. Um, so the first draft was under six months. I had it. But when I even started writing this book, I thought it would take maybe two years because mm -hmm. I thought, you know, <laughs> it's going to take just two years. I'm that brilliant. But unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it was a very, it's a, it, was, it was a humbling experience for me and I'm glad I did it. So um, after two years, it was still mostly rubbish. So I had to then restructure it a number of times mm -hmm. so the structure was very different initially um initially you had yejide's story for the first 50 percent of the book mm. and then you went to Aki's story oh. for the second 50 percent of the book mm. which if you've read the book is a very very different novel mm. because by the time you get to him you're just like dude <laughs> what do you have to say yeah. <laughs> And I remember reading that and thinking, no, um, that's that's not what I want to write. Um, it's, it's whatever his issues are as a person, and I want him to to um, get that um, have his have his say earlier on. Mm -hmm. And so I had to restructure everything um, initially because I absolutely adore you know Diaz. Um, I don't think you do. Do you like him? Well, I, I feel like I've listened to a podcast when somebody like yeah. I, I, I probably me almost Ray. outbroken. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's it's probably me. I was like, wow, this man has no spine. Like, yeah, I I was so uh, yeah. So um, because I loved you know Diaz, and I think I just read. I can't remember which story of Isa I'd read, mm. which was in second person. Mm. I of course thought, you know what, I'm going to do that. So. um a whole half of the book was in second person yeah. and it was terrible um so it's hard to hard to write in second <laughs> yes, person it is harder than it looks mm. um so i had to change quite a number of things yeah and eventually there was a book yeah <laughs> so you know you know with the um the political elements of mm. the book i mean i found it interesting because this is it's clearly a story about mm. family and mm. motherhood and relationships and it made me think that 
there's a I remember reading something from James Baldwin. He says what a lot of writers tend to do is they write people and ignore what's happening and around them, which actually mm. shapes the personalities mm. throughout the book. Mm. And of course, a lot of the things that happen within your book as well. I mean, it's, it's important that they're there. Even if it's not a political book, mm. that's what was happening during mm. that time, whatnot. So, did those did those things just find their way into it, or did you purposely write them into the book? So, initially, because um, I a bit obsessed with politics, mm. um, there was it was a very political book. Like they were having conversations they wouldn't have just because I wanted to talk about those things. Yeah. You know, and this, that, that's one of the things I had to pull back, actually. So initially, there was a point where Akin goes with and joins a party. I mean, it was... <laughs> <laughs> mm. Because I wanted him to, not yeah. because it was something he would do. Um, so I had to pull back on that. But there were things that I felt spoke um, to the time and I think even to their relationship. Sort of, if you look at the narrative arc of um, Nigerians and our relationship with uh, IBB when it came into power, mm-hmm. how at the point people were ecstatic, like, oh, this is wonderful and all of that. And how things sort of just disintegrate. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It, it was like this gentleman guy with his smile and all of that. Just just for the listeners, <laughs> is IBB Babangida? Yes, okay. yes. Um, but so I felt like there was... A kind of parallel between that and this relationship where mm-hmm. this woman comes into this marriage and feels like, oh, you know, home my life. And, and you know, finally I'm home. And mm. then, you know, it's not quite what it looks like in the beginning. Oh, actually, I think something. So I was wondering about, like, the superstitions mm-hmm. in the book mm. and how you were able to mould that through. So what I found, find quite, found quite interesting mm. is the idea that, obviously, this wasn't, a magical realism type mm. book. It mm. wasn't like House of Spirits mm. or uh, Garcia or whatever. Mm. It there, was, there was a little bit. I mean, the, the, goat, the goat thing the was goat a little bit. <laughs> was a bit wild, yes. But what I felt was like, I felt that... So when I, when I read magical realism, mm. I know that this isn't real. Mm. Or I go into it being like, I'm going to allow my consciousness to really move around and play around with the words mm. and... Um, it's just not real. I'm entering in another sort of dynamic, mm. another sphere. That's how I like enter books that I know are like that. But what I find a lot of the times with African narratives embedded with um, magic, per mm. se, it's real. I don't go into it like, oh, I'm allowed to, you know, it's not, it's not really real. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is this is it. Like, I, I believe in it. She's going to have a baby if she breastfeeds this goat. Like, do you know what I mean? I think there was a moment where she was like, I see a newborn. I'm suck- like, a newborn is sucking on me in that moment. And I was, I was actually just wanted to ask, like, how initially was that something that you actively wanted to do? Was, like, the idea, the superstitions with, is it mommy? Mm-hmm. Um, and the superstitions that she held, which mm. a lot of African mothers hold, like mm. my mother's always telling me, "Don't do this because so and so is gonna happen." Do you know mm. what I mean? So, how, did you initially think that that is exactly what you were going to do um, when she was sort of going through her issues with getting pregnant? So, first, I'll talk about the goat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the infamous goat. The, the, the infamous very, goat very at, infamous at, at the goat. mountain of um, oh, George Rapimiro. <laughs> Do you know what's funny? When I read that, the mountain of George dropping miracles, yeah. it didn't take me by surprise. Yeah, I was it like, didn't. Yeah. yeah, I was like, of yeah. course. Yeah. I was like, of course, yes. <laughs> and I really thought, I was like, yeah, she's going to find a miracle up there <laughs> and it's going to work. <laughs> so, um, you know, there, there's so many things that changed about this book. But there was one of the scenes that was there through every single draft was that scene. Mm. And every time I came back to it, I would say to myself, it made me uncomfortable. Mm. Every time I read it, because I, I just, oh, good Lord, mm. it, it was so uncomfortable to read and to write. And every time I kept asking myself, why is this sin in this book? Mm. Uh, it was the one thing that I kept thinking, you know, I should take this out. But something just felt, no, it, this happened. This actually happened. Mm. So that's one of the stories about the goat. And then I'll circle back to it in the end. So when I was writing this, actually, I wanted to write it from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Like, from, say, the mother-in-law's perspective, I didn't want to write hat ha, mm-hmm. or oh, this is this woman and she believes these things. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel like there's a way you write that. 
from the outside. And I feel I, I thought that I wanted to write it so that you would see why somebody might believe this would happen. Even though, I mean, I, I didn't believe she would get, I mean, I, you know, these things are around, but I didn't believe in it. But mm. I felt like I wanted to write about somebody who did mm. in a way. And I wanted it to be a journey for her to get to a point where, where, she, where she thinks to herself, you know what, this is it. Mm. Because, I mean, all she's had all this pressure. And I feel like in that moment, she, she really does have an experience that, that yeah. feels authentic to her. Mm. So it was important to me to write it from the inside out. Um, it, it, was, it was a part that I struggled with. And I think one of the things that um, has given me some form of satisfaction in the past year since I've been talking to people about the book is that one of, particularly in Lagos, um, people have come up to me after events and said, you know what, I gave my mother this book. Mm. And she told me that before she had me, it was, I did, and I didn't know this, it was about five years and she did some of these things. I mean, she didn't have a goat, but, you know, she came pretty close. Mm. And I felt, and I remember the first time somebody, and this has happened more than two times. Mm. The first time somebody said that to me, and I thought, yes, that is why that had to be in that book. Mm. Because I feel like people have been through this kind of things. And it's been that reality that they've been pushed to do things that, when they look back, they're like, my goodness, yeah. you know, and I felt like, yes, um, this is a sort of bearing witness, even though I wasn't really aware of it at the time. Mm. But it just felt necessary. Every single time I tell you, I came back to this manuscript, I thought to myself, come on, why is this here? <laughs> but it just felt like, oh, this needs to be here yeah. for some reason. So when I spoke to that people, it felt like, oh, yeah, yeah. it was because of it all those women. Mm. I mean, what, what's going back to what Ray said about that magical realism when you mm. read it in African literature mm. it, it doesn't feel like out of place out of place mm. and obviously that's what magical realism is supposed to do it's supposed yeah. to weave itself into narratives mm. without you thinking this is unrealistic yeah do you know what I mean and I was just thinking like with for example obviously because of our perspectives mm. you know we're you know we're African and mm. we hear these things all the time yeah and then obviously in the western world they have different perspectives like Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. They have, they think like, in, in terms of Christianity, so if I read mm -hmm. a book where Christianity was weaved into it, mm -hmm. it wouldn't be called magical realism. Yes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yes, yeah. absolutely. It would exactly. be just like be Christian literature. Exactly, yeah. like yeah. books like The Giver and things like yeah. that. Mm. Um. So I just wanted to, I wanted to ask in Nigeria, mm. people who read this, mm. when they when they read like the things about the goat mm. and obviously the the pregnancy and whatnot, mm. were their approach to was their approach to it the same as like mine and Ray's? Mm. It's kind of like this. Did they even say magical realism, or no. were they just kind of like oh, everyday yeah. life? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's it. I, I think that. Um they didn't. I, I don't think people have said, oh, this is magical realism. It's just, mm. oh, yeah, this is just an option that mm. somebody's exploring, mm. that they feel that, well, why not try this? You know, and I, I like what you brought up, that 
if someone else were writing sort of their own reality, what mm. has become, what has been a part of their culture for centuries, whatever form of superstition it might take, I feel like because, um, perhaps because of sort of the cultural d- dominance and the fact that sacredity has gone all over the world, it's just part of the literature. Like, like yeah, you know, yeah. even though not, not everything is subject to reason, you know, mm. not everything is like you can think about it logically and say, oh, this absolutely makes sense. Mm-hmm. But there's a sense in which we've absolutely just accepted it like, oh, yeah, this is life. So um, and I, I think it, it was one of the things about this book also that I like I said, I wanted to write it from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know? OK, well, I mean, in terms of like your influences when it mm. comes to this book, um, Ray obviously made, <laughs> she quoted and said, this book is like a Nollywood movie. <laughs> Every time, I'm literally like, I'm stressed. <laughs> you know it just takes so much. Right? Do Every you know day, I mean? new drama, like, okay, one minute. Yeah. One minute, I just yeah. had a baby. Next minute, mm. oh, he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, what? Sorry, guys, spoilers. Spoilers, sorry, spoilers. Sorry, sorry. But you should um, have read it. Yeah. <laughs> literally, that part, I was like, hold on mm. a minute. I was like, wait, mm. what? Mm. Yeah, it is like... Yeah, Did you, know you get I mean? influenced by Nollywood films? <laughs> I mean, fortunately, unfortunately, uh, I really don't watch movies. Oh, okay. At all. Mm. Really. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, um, and people have really said to me, oh, this is very cinematic, mm. you yes. know, like... Yes, I'm just like, okay, <laughs> I don't know where that is from. Mm. Um, but I think there's something about it that's quite vivid, uh-huh. you know, and uh, maybe a bit gothic, mm. and there's a lot that happens you mm. know um in this t- in this very i mean it's not that long mm. but quite a number of things happen and um there's quite a bit of there's a lot it's of twists and turns and i think also that because of the way it's structured um it sort of heightens that effect uh, the fact that you're going from one person to another mm. yeah and it's a story that is they're looking back and i feel like it's they're both telling the story, but they both have different intents. Mm-hmm. So they're saying certain things at certain points in the narrative. Mm-hmm. Akin in particular, I think he's, he's very calculated mm-hmm. in, in the way he... Oh, I didn't like Akin. <laughs> he, he annoyed me. But don't, don't know, I'll tell him something like, no. Oh, like, he's really calculated yeah. in mm. terms of, even when he's talking to the reader. It's very purposeful about yeah. what he's saying. You know, he's, he's in control. It's mm. absolutely in control of this. And he's... he's I feel like they're both building up to, you know, when they meet again mm-hmm. and they're, they're looking back, but they're, they're building a narrative. It's, it's a conscious thing, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's trying to justify himself in some way. Like, yeah. you know, you need to see what I had to face. You need yeah. to understand that I really loved you and all of that. So, um, yeah, it's, um, no, I mean, I, this this is it's one of the things I want to do this year. Yeah, watch mm. more movies. Actually, movies. Okay, yeah. we'll give you a list. We'll have a whole like, list that you, guys, you can watch. I think I have seen Black Panther. It's the only movie I've seen this year. So really, well, I mean, that's the only movie to have watched this year. Anyway. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. true. But you, you mentioned how like it was gothic, and I actually never put that word mm. to it until you mentioned it. Now, mm. I'm like, oh shit. Mm. Um, the part for me that was absolutely harrowing, mm. like, was when she believed that she was pregnant. I almost believed it. I almost, I was so certain. I am so happy that you I was like, mm. because what? I didn't want the reader to think, oh, this crazy woman. No. You know, I want yeah. you to be there with her. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I, I was literally pregnant. like, the whole time I was like, I'm pregnant. And when Akin was like, no, like you're just stressed, please sleep. I said, wait, excuse me. <laughs> Do you know what's crazy? When when there was a point where she said, she said something like, oh, um, my 14th month. I was kind of yeah. like, so when's she going to have the yes. baby then? <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. I remember that part, and I was, and the fact that I was still skeptical at that point. I was like, okay, well, this is stupid. Part of me was like, you can't be pregnant, but then I'm like, "Mm, yeah, exactly. hmm." But maybe you are, and this Mm. is a phenomenon. It's a miracle. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, like that whole part was just Mm. mentally straining. I think I was very much like, what is going on here? You Mm. know definitely mm. something needs to happen mm. yeah so i mean there were just stories and sometimes you i think you'd see them in some i won't call them newspapers maybe tabloids woman has been pregnant for two years <laughs> um mm. woman gives back to a baby finally after two and a half years um after two and a half years of pregnancy mm. and i'm um, the ones i found a bit troubling were sort of the ones they would say 
you would sort of hear maybe in the salon or something, oh, there's this woman, she's been married for two, five years. Mm. And, you know, she claims she has been pre- she's pregnant. But, you know, or, you know, we just know she's putting something on that clothes. The calabash. Yes, the calabash. Yes. The famous <laughs> calabash. Mm. And, you know, I think even as a teenager, I used to think to myself, you know, but what if? this woman isn't lying. Yeah. What if she genuinely believes that she's pregnant? So when I started writing this book, um, by the time all the things that start happening happen to her, yeah. and she's under so much pressure, and you have to understand that many people who experience this kind of thing, it's mm-hmm. all this intense pressure. And I sort of wrote that bit, and then I went to do some research and discovered that, yes, this is actually a medical condition that mm. happens to women. Um, that it's not just that you believe you're pregnant, your body Jeez. behaves as if you're oh, pregnant, yeah. but there's nothing. Because that's, that's when I started believing it because her body mm-hmm. started changing. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, wait, she is pregnant even if it's 14 months. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, so that, I mean, this argument with, I mean, so my mom's a doctor and I mean, we had this discussion where she she told me that she would have patients who would tell her, mm-hmm. you know, just do this kind again, you know, because they're so convinced mm-hmm. and and it's, it's, a, it's a really sad thing. Yeah. You know. All right. I want to talk about West Africa. Okay, fine. African <laughs> lit in general. Mm. In terms of like, just going back to that inspirations part, mm. like looking at your contemporaries mm. that mm. are writing mm-hmm. alongside you right now, is it is there anyone that stood out in particular that you were like, okay, yes, like there are messages in these books that mm. I really want to put forward? Mm. Um, who did you think your contemporaries were like <laughs> writing? Um, and what did you want to take from them, or what did you learn mm. from them, or do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like. I don't know if I can say who my contemporaries are, actually. I feel like that's like when somebody decides to do an anthology. Nigerian writing. Nighting, mm. so, so, so too. <laughs> <laughs> but I really, really, really love Leslie Arima's book, mm-hmm. um, What It Means When a Man Falls from the Sky. Right. So everyone's been telling me to read this book. Yeah, Alex it, loves it. Alex loves it, yeah. It is amazing. Okay. <laughs> it, is, it. it is so good. Um so I, I mean, I started reading that short stories uh, a few years back, and my goodness, she's just brilliant. Yeah, mm-hmm. was, was she someone that you slid in the DMs to be like, "This is amazing"? I, I have to do this. Yeah, mm-hmm. actually, I mean, I've sort of fangirled her in the Guardian. Actually, mm-hmm. um, it was one of my favorite books from last year. Okay, and I mean, when they asked me to write, "Oh, what were the, your favorite books?" I'm like, "Yes, finally." Yeah, I can tell <laughs> the whole world that. about this book. <laughs> but I, I feel like. I want to do it in person. We're on a short list together and I, that means we'll get to meet. I've never met her. So I'm saving... You're saving that excitement. I'm saving the bubbling excitement. Up. I really love the book and I think everybody should read it. Yeah. She's a brilliant writer. I think I might. Uh, I'll check that out. I am an absolute yeah. fan. Yeah. Okay. So so who's kind of influenced you then? It's not, mm. not your contemporaries, but in terms of oh. like past writers and things like that. No, I mean, I by saying I don't want to talk about my contemporaries, I don't mean I don't read them. I just feel like... Mm. I don't know. I feel like I might mention someone and they'll think, no, I'm not your mate. So, who inspires me? They're, they're people that I read when, um, when I, they're just some people that when I'm writing, I want to read. Mm. Mm. Um, you know, Diaz is one of them. Mm-hmm. Oh man, Alex should have been here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's this book that I'm also a bit obsessed about. I feel like I talk about it in every interview. So, um, yeah. But I'll talk about it again. <laughs> it's a play, actually. It's Death and the King's House Man mm-hmm. by Wally Shoyinka. Mm-hmm. And the language is just something else. Mm. You know, it's one of those books that I just go back to again and mm. I just read one dialogue from the Yalud and like, ah. It's Death and... The King's House Man. It's very, mm. it's it's relatively old, actually. So to play, I read it. I read it years ago, and I, it was one of those books that you read and you like. Okay, one day I want to be able to do this. Oh, yeah. okay. You know, um, and I feel like the language is good. It's it's, a, it's something that speaks to you everywhere, mm. but also because I speak his first language, which is Yoruba. Mm-hmm. I could. I felt like I could understand what he was doing at another. How how amazing and mm. totally exceptional what he was doing was mm. 
whereas somebody else who might not have access to that language yeah. would just say, oh, this is really good. And I thought, my God, this is working on like five levels. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could experience yeah. you. So that's the one book I really, really love. Um, Toni Morrison's Beloved is also one. Really? Yeah. Also, I have a, I have a thing with Toni Morrison. Oh, uh, what is it? I just think she's really difficult to read. I enjoy difficult people. <laughs> I really like, honestly, like uh, the bluest eye took a lot out of me. Have you read Beloved? I, I read half of Beloved and I put it down. I said, Please I, it's so, I, finish it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is, it is, uh, I mean, the, it's it's visceral, but yeah. I think that's that's one of the things that's powerful about it for mm. me. And I think that she's such a genius. There's a point at the beginning of the book, I think sometime, like in the first 50 pages, mm. where she moves points of view about seven times <laughs> on a page. Mm. And you don't notice. Yeah. You know, like, you, you're just going... I think you're like, no, wait. My goodness, how is she doing this? Seven times. Yeah. I only remember the one time that Achebe done it in Things Fall Apart at the end where he shifts perspective and goes um, very colonial. Mm. Right at the mm. last page. Mm. And that's why I remember thinking when I finished that book, being like, that's exceptional. Yeah. Because mm. one moment we just flip the pages and history has turned. Mm. So Tony Morrison did that seven times. See, I mean, that would frustrate me. I would be reading. I'll be I reading it like it. really. Oh god, it would, it would actually do my head in. I'll be no. like, who's talking? Yeah, what's no, but, going on? But I feel the thing that was wonderful about it is that you don't actually really notice that it's happening. Mm. Ah. There's just it's like you're just pulled into the current, mm. and it's this thing where you're trying to read like a writer that makes you think, oh wait, I have <laughs> to see what you did there. Mm. You know, like what? How did you do it? Did it? What, did you carry over an image? I mean, what? What? I need to take this apart. Yeah. You know? So she's, she's somebody I read for that. Like, okay. not that, I mean, it's not, it's not easy to do, but like, I just want to like, you know, there's this thing I do when I'm writing where I put all the chapters on the floor. Yeah. I want yeah. to take a book and tear it out and put everything on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Like, I have to figure this out. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but you, I, yeah. like, you were writing, what were you writing about at nine years at old? At nine years old. Okay. So, um, hmm. so at nine years old, I, I was old. not writing. I was writing song lyrics at nine years mm. old, ah. thinking I would become a singer. It might still happen. Oh no, definitely no. not. <laughs> it's definitely not happening at all. No. Oh god. So at nine, I was um. So I was in secondary school. I was one of the youngest students in my class. Mm. I was not particularly sociable, mm-hmm. or. Uh, yeah, I was, I was very quiet. Yeah. Mm. And that meant, and I feel like I, I, many of my friends were very assertive people mm-hmm. and very witty. Mm. So there's this, so there was this day, there was an argument and someone talked to me in a way I didn't like and I couldn't say anything, you know, I was just like, okay. Oh. <laughs> and then I got home. And, and I just things. thought about all the things I could have said. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and so I wrote them down. Um, and then I, I, I remember I had a yellow notebook where mm-hmm. I wrote this down. And I did rhyme, you know, I rhymed everything. Mm. All the insults. Yeah. <laughs> you rhyming the insults. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And then after that, I, I felt like that experience was just so, like, it felt so cathartic that yeah. I just kept doing this mm. you know I do that in the shower <laughs> you know when like you think about all the conversations that or like the responses that you could have I, I do them in the shower all the time yeah I think maybe I should start writing them down mm. I feel like it happens it still happens at the end of a day ah. like when I'm in bed tonight I think oh I should have mentioned this writer why didn't I think about that yeah then? you know? yeah. probably do that after <laughs> this recording yeah just be like oh damn it I so, mentioned I was writing poetry and then after a while I started writing short stories. Um, so what was I writing about? I was writing really depressing stories actually. Um, there's one I remember where somebody sort of goes up in flames at the end of the story. Mm. Yeah, so not very <laughs> cheerful. <laughs> was this magical realism again? <laughs> yeah. yeah, a little bit. And <laughs> uh, then he just lit up in flames. Yeah, uh, yeah and then I think my mother was a bit worried because she was reading some of this stuff and yeah. she was mm. thinking, where is this coming from? <laughs> you know. I wanted to ask, you know, at, at the talk, 
that you gave last mm-hmm. year. You know, it, I think the title was like New Nigerian Fiction yes. or something. Mm-hmm. Um, how how does that title suit you? I mean, because New Nigerian... What did, I mean, I know, I didn't really understand what they meant by New Nigerian Fiction when they wrote it. Mm-hmm. I wanted to write... I wanted to ask, in Nigeria, is mm-hmm. there like a surge of new Nigerian writers or has it just been... Is it just that we're now getting mm. getting it? Nigerian writers are now just getting through to, I guess, the UK and mm. whatnot. I feel like it's, I feel like it's a bit of both. Mm. Um, so I also work as an editor for Literary Magazine, mm. and um, oh, we get a lot of Nigerian submissions. Mm. And I think towards the end of last year, we sort of told ourselves we 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 have to be conscious about the number of Nigerians we publish. Mm. Because there's so many. Um, so I do feel, my my sense is that there is a surge. Um, mm-hmm. Even in terms of not necessarily even people who've published books, but people who are writing short stories, writing essays. There's quite a number of Nigerian stories that are making their way into the world. Mm. Um, say, outside of the continent, um, in Europe, in America, and all of that. So I... I I feel like it's difficult to judge a moment in that moment, which was the thing with the contemporaries question. Yeah. I feel like we're going to look back in 20 years and be able to have a more yeah. accurate sense of what is happening. But yeah. right now, instinct- instinctively, I feel like, yeah, there's a lot of Nigerians writing right now and um, quite a number of books are getting a lot of attention mm. um, internationally. Yeah. Have you ever read a piece of fiction that's describing Nigeria? And just thought to yourself, no. this isn't Nigeria. Let <laughs> me hmm, see. I think I think I have, but I think this is also probably because a lot of what I read about Nigeria is about by Nigerians, right? Okay. So um, it will be authentic in a way. Yeah. yeah. And 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 then also there's a sense that it's such a large and massive country. Yes. That I feel like there's a lot I need to learn about mm. it too. So that even if I read something by a Nigerian, probably from another part of the country that I don't necessarily recognize, yeah. there's still something about it that feels true. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I feel that it, sometimes it's it's a question of perspective. Mm. Um, it's a question of whether you feel like someone is writing down at a people or writing about a people, you know. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, no, that makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense. Um, no, okay. I, but I, def- I don't know. I obviously mm. coming from a an East African perspective, mm-hmm. a lot of the books that are termed African lit, mm-hmm. in my perspective, are from Nigerian authors um, or that are marketed well. Guilty as charged. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are like completely, and obviously that's a whole different debate. Mm-hmm. But I can. I, from my perspective, I think Nigerian authors are doing absolutely amazing mm. with getting their works out to the rest of the world. Mm. And I think the rest of the world looks at African narratives and the first thing they'll think about are Is Nigeria. Well, I mean, there's a hundred million of them. so there's, Exactly. Uh, I think it's over 120 million. Oh, really? Really? In the wow. diaspora, like outside? Like no, in, in Nigeria. In, in Nigeria, okay. Yeah, so it's, it's, yeah I, I also say that... Um, when I'm elsewhere on, on the continent and people say, okay, old and I, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of us actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, just rounding off that section, um, obviously Stay With Me is out now in paperback, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. Um, so this is, your, this is your second time in the UK? Um, um, no. Uh, mm. So I did an MA year. Yeah. Is it oh, wow. Okay. East Anglia? Yes. Yeah. yes. Ah, okay. yeah. They have, have been an back amazing a number of writing, times. Like, it's, it's really good. Yeah. Mm. It was really, it was really, really a good program. Um, and I've been back a number of times, actually. Mm. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Enjoy it. Yeah. Is, it very, I, I can <laughs> is London very different from Lagos or is it, is, is it the same Oh, it's rush? very different. Yeah. Um, I feel like they're both very busy, intense cities. Yeah. Mm. But there's no place like Lagos. Yeah. <laughs> like Lagos. There just isn't. I can imagine, boy. I can imagine. I was going to go in the summer for a wedding, but then huh. I cancelled it because mm. I want to go to New Orleans. <laughs> you should but, still come sometime. Yeah, I think I will. I have to go one day. One day I have to go. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so just rounding up, moving on to my gem. Your gem, yeah. My gem quickly. Um, 
I've actually found one this week. It's been a couple of weeks where I haven't had one. Um, my gem this week is a book called "The Beautiful Ones Are Not Yet Born" oh by Ayi Kweyama. This is a book. This is a book I should have mentioned. <laughs> oh really? Oh okay. This is one of the books I would have been thinking about yeah. tonight. Yeah. So thank you. It's really. <laughs> yeah. The, see, the thing is, it's it's my gem. I haven't finished it. I read it so many times. Really? The spine. I mean, it fell off. Oh like, wow. I mean, it's just. I have a copy. I mean, it's underlined. Mm. It is so good. I'm, I I struggle because he's he's such a detailed writer. You know the Chichi Dodo and the Mag. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> There's just it's, it. I mean, when I'm reading it, the thing is with with, with that book. Once you get into the flow, I, then the you're there. Do you know I what I mean? Give the synopsis to. What to what, the what I've read so far. No, yeah. So if you could give us synopsis because you've read yeah, all of it. So yeah. it's it's about. Um, it's set in Ghana mm-hmm. and it's about a man simply called the man mm-hmm. if I remember very well yeah. it's called the man and it is in this environment where there's so much corruption mm. and he's trying to keep himself untainted by it ah. and um, Ama used the, uses this bird as, as a sort of image that goes through the book mm-hmm. I think he calls it the chichidodo and it's it's a bird that feeds yeah. on maggots but doesn't like um, fecal matter, if I can use that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's fascinating. Uh, so it's really newly independent Ghana mm-hmm. and sort of how that dream of a wonderful, you know, we're finally yeah. free from colonialism and everything is going to be wonderful. It's, it's how that dream sort of um, becomes corrupted mm. uh, in a way. Oh, it reminds me. Of- it is really good. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Reminds yeah, me of- so I mean, because I, I remember when I first tried to read it about three years ago mm. and I got about 50 pages through mm. and then you I stopped. stopped. Mm. Then I started again and then I got to, I think, uh, 75 pages. Mm-hmm. Then I stopped. Then I started again. But Wait, I kept going. I kept, I'm about 100 pages now. Mm. I kept going back to the beginning um, and each time I went back, it got easier and easier. Um, because I wasn't really, when I first started re- reading it, I wasn't really much of a reader. Mm. So it was really, because there's so, there's so many layers, so much oh depth my God. It's, to, it's, to the it's book. It's a very deep book. Yeah, a very, very deep book. And obviously I just wanted to read something about mm. Ghana. Um, so I came, I think that was probably <laughs> a bad place to start. <laughs> Even though it's amazing, yeah. you know, being new to, to reading. I, um, I might get it. I like sort of books that look at yeah, it, systems and and, and it reminds just, me of Ant Hills of the Savannah, which mm, I know. Yeah. yeah, that's also good. Yeah. Really but it's just, it's so much more than that. I mean, mm. yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, it's a difficult I, book. I read this book. I have to go and look for that copy and mm. underlined and made notes and it, fe- it literally fell apart yeah. mm. because I was reading it so much. Well, what's the <laughs> book and who wrote it? It's called The Beautiful Ones Are Not Yet Born by... Oh my God, I've forgotten his name Aikwe again. Ayukwe Ama. That's it, Ayukwe Ama. That's Perfect. Mm. Um, cool. I, my issue is actually another, a book that I also want to recommend. Raise issue. Um, um, so the issue is is a book the only issue is that I also haven't finished it and I keep going back and forth like every time I want to finish it or every time I go back to it I start from the beginning and it's um, Under the Udala Trees by mm, Chinelo Oparanta is that right? Um, and just to give you a brief synopsis um, it's apparently inspired by like Nigeria's folk tales and wars and it's literally about this girl called Ijoma who wait why is this your issue? it's not an issue oh that's why I said I'm like, it's my section, but I don't have an issue. So oh, you're just going to give a book. book. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, and listen, man. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, this girl called Ijeoma who um, comes of age during like, there's lots of war going on, basically. I mean, there's always a war somewhere. Mm. Um, but it's in Nigeria, obviously. And um, she she's sent away and she meets another uh, young child and they just like really fall in love, I guess. Mm. And, and they're both from different ethnic minorities and it's all about that sort of, uh, play and that dialogue and how they deal with it in, in that mm. time mm. Um, I really love the writing I think the writing is stellar um, the writing always captures me and so right now I'm just trying to stay in it but I would really 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 recommend reading mm. it and I think it really ties in with like sort of the mm. diasporic reading mm. or inter- in like African reading that we're yeah. about. have you read um, Happiness Like Water no which is um, Chinelo's collection of short stories yeah, she's really good, good too. okay I'm gonna write that down yeah, what's that called? Happiness, happiness like water. Okay. It's a collection of short stories. Yeah. it's really brilliant. Might give that a read. Thank you. Well, um, come to the end of the show. <sighs> thank you for. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Finally got you here. I know. I feel like okay. I feel like 
we need another. It's either we turn Stay With Me into a blockbuster. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would like to uh, get the role of. Oh, like, who? Would I like to who be? Who would you today? want to be? Who would you want to be? Oh, man. Oh, I'll be for me because. <laughs> oh, my God. Like she just showed up at my man's salon like mm. our husband. I said I was like, what? Do you know what? Yeah, I, I have time for Fumi. You know, she was patient. She was patient. She was patient, she, and she she, she, she had yeah, a plan. I, I she was very strategic. She, she was. Yeah, I was even sad when she yeah. you know she came in and she had a plan. Yeah, yeah, she had a plan. She knew what she was doing. She said our husband. Yeah, I felt sick, but I feel like I could carry that well. Yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like I have the time to do that mm. and I could wear the little heels all yeah. over the house. Was it, quickly before we go, was there any character in the book that you was writing and you just like, I, I hate this guy or I hate I hate her? Daughter? I say guy because the men are just absolute trash yeah, in the book. Yeah, the men are but, trash in this book. But, it's like, I don't even, I know you like, I don't know if, you know. I mean, I feel like I don't necessarily, I mean, with Aki in particular, I feel like I understand him. Mm. I get it. Yeah. You, you try to like, give him a soul. I think he has one. <laughs> I think he does, yeah. He does, I think but he like, does. I mean, I don't agree with him. I yeah. think... He was trying to like, I feel be like absent. It is, he saw... The, mm. He's not ready to be vulnerable. Yeah. And how can you be loved if you're not ready to be vulnerable? Mm. You yeah. know, so that's one of his problems, of which there are many. Um, but who did I hate in this book? You know, it's difficult for me to write about people I hate. Mm. I feel like I started out really hating them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's how I started out with hacking, that yeah. oh, you, you're just nonsense. Mm. And then I spend five years with you and I'm like, okay. Mm. I get you. I understand yeah. where you're coming from. Yeah, I thought that was- Even the mother-in-law. Because I feel like well, for me, I, I just need to have, even if you appear for a moment, I need to have your motivation. Mm. And you did something terrible. I might still think that what you did is her fault, but I need to just know why, why are you this it? way? What about yeah. Ayamata? You you thought she was cool? Hmm, no, yeah, she was terrible. Yes. <laughs> yes. She was terrible. Okay, finally, I found somebody. She was awful, yeah. She was awful, Absolutely. yeah. I really hated Fumi at the beginning. Because hmm. I know, was like, wow, like you should be grateful to be here. Okay? So because was, this woman invited you into her hmm, life without killing you. I felt like... I felt that way about her initially. Yeah. And then while I was writing this novel, I wrote a whole short story about her. About oh. how, yeah, it's, mm. no, nobody will ever see it. Oh, man, I was really going to be like, oh, can you email it to us? <laughs> so I wrote this thing about how mommy comes to meet her mm. and why she decides to be a second wife. Mm. So it's, I mean, these are just little exercises I do because I want to understand why would you do this to yourself? Mm. You know, like, yeah, I've had that. Mm. That's really interesting. So you write little stories for the characters that is and then, really cool. yeah, that's, yeah, that is interesting. That's a nice mm. little technique. Mm. I thought the relationship between mommy and Yejide was very complex. I was mm. a bit like, one minute you love this woman and the next minute she's doing all of these things mm. and you have to remain, mm. you know, there's this facade that a woman has to put up you know when There's people a came to her house acting. exactly people come to her house oh you have to offer a and I totally get that I was literally like this happens in my house like my mum knows to invite somebody who she absolutely hates you know they'll come round and it's let's get the drinks for you you know yeah. what would you like? oh no I just prepared a meal you know it's just fine just for you just for you that that play that facade mm. that you know the niceties and the social etiquettes that you have to Put up, it's exhausting. But yeah, it's exhausting. Um, in some ways, it, it's it's a survive. It's a way to survive um, yeah. in a situation when where you don't have as much power as you would like to have. Mm. That you find all these ways to sort of bend the situation as much or make the best of it. Yeah, mm. as much as you can. Yeah. You know. Well, cool. On that note. Mm. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This has been fun. It has been fun, yeah. Um, and Stay With Me is out now on paperback yeah. um, from Canongate Books as well. Please, guys, go and read it. You will not be disappointed. Um, where can they find you on, like, your social medias? Um, so Twitter is Ayobami Adebayo. Mm-hmm. Um, Are you an Instagram girl? I'm no? on Instagram. And it's Ayobami Debayo. So the second A is not there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um I think I mean I have a Facebook page which I don't manage mm. yeah everyone but, does this stuff like yeah I got Twitter I, I have Instagram yeah yeah Facebook mm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much for coming thank honestly you. like thank you so much for taking time me. out of your very busy schedule to mm. accommodate us 
Um, where can we can we find Mostly Lit, Derek? Uh, find Mostly Lit on Twitter, at Mostly Lit Pod on Instagram. Um, you can find me at Guardian Derek, and you can find Ray at Reckless Ray. And Twitter. Alex at I'm Alex Reed. Yep. Please make sure to subscribe onto the iTunes. Please leave comments. And we always read the comments. Like, we really, we really actually do. And email us at mostlylit at gmail.com. So, thanks, catch guys. You guys uh, next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.